Alright guys, and welcome back to another episode of Casual Sports Fans. It's been a while, but we're here for a Super Bowl preview for you guys. We've got the Rams, we've got the Bengals, who we think is going to win, and everything else from around the league, such as head coaching and controversy. So let's get right into it. Obviously, it's the Super Bowl tomorrow, and there's a lot going on with it. But let's just start off right off the bat. Evan, who do you think is going to win? Um, I do think this is going to be a really tough, tough matchup to pick because going into these playoffs, everyone's been picking against the Bengals every round. There's some people saying the Raiders are going to win, the Titans, and just on and on, especially with this Chiefs game last week. So the Bengals beating the Chiefs last week, that was a major statement. But also, you look at this Rams team. They've gone all in. They've traded all these picks. They've got all these top-tier players. But for my pick, maybe it's just a bit of my bias. I've been picking them all the way. I'm going to take the Bengals, but I really think this can go either way. Um, I don't know if you're going to go differently on this. A lot of people are picking Rams. You know, people confuse probability with possibility a lot. I feel like people are thinking like, oh, you know, now that they're here, it doesn't matter that the Bengals struggled all the way and like almost should have lost to three different teams. What matters is that they're here and now they have the equal chance to beat the Rams. It's like in reality, they don't, though. Roster matchups. I mean, you think about what the Bengals have as a strength and you think, oh, man, they got an explosive offense. You know, they have a great. Okay, well, I mean, Matthew Stafford versus Joe Burrow. I'll take Stafford. Oh, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, and T. Higgins versus Cooper Cup and OBJ and Van Jefferson. You know, I'll take the Rams in that one. I mean, Ooh. like, I think that's a bad take. I, I think no, the Bengals wide receiver core All I'm saying, nah, listen, OBJ and Cooper Cup. Okay, first of all, Cooper Cup literally just. I, I take the duo of Jamar Chase and T. Higgins more. I think T. Higgins. In my uh, opinion, is the most underrated wide receiver in the NFL. I don't think he gets. I would say Cooper Cup and OBJ. OBJ is. But also Ben like Jefferson or Tyler Boyd. I mean, we can look at a quarterback. Okay, so I'm fine with taking Stafford. But I just think if you look into wide receiver core, Bengals, running back, Bengals, tight end. Who cares? They're both kind of just solid. Like the difference no, between you Higby take and the Rams in this one. Higby's better because Zuma I mean, tore his stuff. But Zuma's playing. He's playing. I mean, he said he's playing. I don't know Did if he's he gonna be 100. He tore his M- he, he did something to his MCL. He ripped it off. He said it's the biggest game of his life. He's playing. I don't know how. Be like Superman or something. <laughs> I don't know. So, that's so I, I, I don't know. But but like you look at the. I'm just looking like, look at the Rams D line. I mean, Aaron Donald, Von Miller. Who else is on there? I mean Floyd. I'm not Leonard a big Floyd. I'm not a big Leonard Floyd okay. fan, but you literally have Aaron Donald and Von Miller. I don't care that Von Miller is past his prime. You have the second greatest defensive player of all time and Aaron Donald versus a terrible Bengals offensive line. Terrible that let Joe Burrow get sacked the most times in the NFL out of any quarterback in the league. That couldn't handle the Raiders defensive line and Max Crosby. All I'm saying is they're going to apply so much pressure that Joe Burrow is going to look like Patrick Mahomes in last year's Super Bowl. And that is the reason. It doesn't matter if you have Jamar Chase if you're getting sacked after two seconds. You can't well, throw a deep ball downfield if you're getting sacked after three seconds. They're going to be applying so much pressure that nothing else matters except Aaron Donald getting to the quarterback. That's also why Aaron Donald as a sneaky Super Bowl MVP pick is great. 
One thing I won't argue with, yes, I think Burrow will be under pressure, but if you look at every single other game of the playoffs, he's been under pressure. Got the sacked. I think he put the tie the record for most times getting sacked and winning a game against the Titans. Once again, they won that game. And I think one thing that people aren't really talking about is this Bengals defense. So far in the playoffs, this Bengals defense has played better than the Rams defense. They've only allowed the Chiefs to have 24. You allow the Titans offense that got them to the one seed. The Titans defense isn't great. 16 points. You allow the Raiders to only get, I think, 19 points. So they've allowed most of their opponents under 20, except the Chiefs. But I think one player that doesn't get enough respect is Trey Hendrickson. He's been great this year. I mean, you also look at, I don't know. I think that the Bengals have a pretty good D-line. So while I think the Rams might be getting more pressure, I do think the Bengals do have a bit of an underrated defense here. Yeah, but the Rams have a good offensive line. Stafford's smart with the football, and Cooper Cup knows how to get open versus anyone. I get that the Bengals are underrated, but at a certain point, they've been way too close winning games against teams that, honestly, they should have lost to. The Rams have a much more complete roster. It's hard sometimes with these matchups cross NFC and AFC because you don't have as many reference points. Like, within a conference, you can look and be like, oh, this team played this team that played that team. There are a lot of references. Versus AFC to NFC, there aren't as many, so I guess we don't really know how it's going to match up. But, like, dude... I'm just taking the Rams. Now, Now, if you're a betting man and you want to place bets on the Rams to, like, or on the Bengals to, you know, cover the spread or, like, money line or, like, for Jamar Chase to have a big day, go ahead. I think those are decent, right? But, like, if you're just picking with 50-50 odds, I'm picking the Rams to win. But there's so much hype. Like, for example, I'm looking at this Instagram story right now that says not to get too political, but who you got tomorrow. It's a poll. And 69% of people said Bengals. Like, they aren't even favored. There's just no. so much hype around them. The, like, the other thing is, but if you look at, like, the money line, I think um, I think it's, like, 72% of people are betting for the minus 190 for the Rams. So I do think the consensus of okay. a lot of the maybe smarter bettors are taking the Rams. And I think, um, while I have been speaking up the Bengals, I do think this is a really good Rams team. This is a Rams team that I picked from the beginning of the season to the end of the season to make it to the Super Bowl. And a lot of what Andrew said is correct about... Like, their strength, their D-line. I think if this game gets to a shootout, I see for, I for sure see the Rams winning. I just think if it goes down to, like, maybe a quick one-possession game at the end, I think both teams can get it done. Just the way the Bengals have been playing in these close games, I think they may be able That's to finish. That's true. If it goes down the wire, anything can happen. I will say that. But doesn't Stafford have, like, the most fourth-quarter comebacks or, like, game-winning drives of all time or some ridiculous stat? Obviously, because he was on the Lions and he was behind in games. But... Stafford is clutched. I do really want Stafford to win. A, I'd be like, I'd be really He's happy. He's on the Lions for eleven years. He deserves it he so badly, it. so badly. Like, it's just not even close. All right, so there's been some head coaching controversy. Right? Is there anything else you want to say about the Super Bowl before we get to you know some Brian Flores stuff and other coaching? Yeah, I mean, stuff? I think we can go to the coaching. Okay, so there's been so much controversy as Brian Flores surprisingly got fired by the Dolphins when we thought mm-hmm. that he was more than capable and deserving of that job, especially after going on, what, a seven-game winning streak to end the season, having a completely injured roster, having an incomplete roster, and he's coaching incredible football, gets fired. And then, all of a sudden, he's not getting hired instantly by all these other teams that need head coaches, and they're hiring these people that are like less qualified than him. All of a sudden... He sues the NFL for racial discrimination. And the craziest allegation of it all, which, by the way, I completely believe that there is racial discrimination in the head coaching hiring practices of the NFL. 
the craziest thing, there are two crazy things actually, is the owner of the Dolphins, Stephen M. Ross, paid Brian Flores for each loss he would get, or said he was going to, and Brian Flores obviously said, no, I'm gonna win, this is my job. But in the whole tanking for two a year, he was supposedly paid for each loss he got, and then gets fired to like a year later. Isn't that like the craziest thing you've ever heard? Getting paid for losses, people. I mean, we talk about th- purposely tanking all the time, but like that's crazy, right? I think what's crazier is that right after he released that, there's been like three, four, maybe five head coaches that have come out saying that they also got paid. I'm pretty sure Hugh Jackson. I mean, it makes sense those teams. I think he said he got paid. Maybe he's been, trying to save himself because the Browns were that. I mean, I guess but so. And, co- I, and some of the I other coaches with losing records may also say the same thing. But I've heard of like now two to three other coaches coming out. So it's crazy that. Well, like we say it like, oh, they should lose this game. It like will help their team. The fact that they're actually doing this because when it looks to the players, obviously the players themselves don't want to lose. They're playing for their contracts. They're playing for whatever they are playing for. But when it comes to the coaches, the fact that actually in the organization, they're telling them to lose, paying them to lose. It's just insane. I mean, there's yeah, not much. It's ridiculous. But then the other thing was the whole Bill Belichick text. Yeah. Bill Belichick texted. You want to explain this one? Okay, so the situation here was that um, so I think it was Brian Flores. It's his day, two days before his um Giants head coaching interview. So he's getting ready for his interview. He gets a text from Bill Belichick that says um, I think congrats, maybe Brian, congrats, something or like congrats, Brian. I heard that yeah. you're their guy that they like you and Brian Flores was on the way to the interview he hadn't even interviewed for it and he kind of responds to the, like are you sure you're not talking to what's his last name Brian is it Dable. Goodall Dabble 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 yeah. I don't know why I thought of Goodall but um I've never heard of Brian Dabble before well okay I think in this one situation this situation is a bit more complicated um I think that um there is a high likelihood that there were multiple teams that Flores should have been um, hired to that he wasn't, obviously due to race issue. But the, in this situation, I think it was due more to the Rooney Rule, where teams have to um, give interviews to like a certain amount of um, minority candidates, which it, in, is good in concept. But I think the major problem with it is that teams are really just like doing it. And they're not really giving much thought, which I think in the situation with Flores is they're pretty much just wasting his time. Like, so I think yeah, what the problem it, situation is they're like going, like they're not actually like taking what the real value of this rule is. And they're kind of just doing it because they're forced by the NFL to do it. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a hard situation to do because when you look at the amount of black head coaches in the NFL, it's yeah, a way more low qualified. number. And there's way more qualified candidates than, that are being hired. But I, do, I don't think the Rooney Rule, I think they're, the Rooney might rule, be taken away. It just doesn't do anything. It, it's just hard because I don't know how you fix the issue. It's just you can't, like, force teams to necessarily hire black coaches, but then all of a sudden it's like, are you giving draft picks to extra draft picks? It's like, but then that's just like, I don't know, it's a hard issue to wrap my brain around, but an idea was proposed to me by someone that was like, hey, Bill Belichick probably sent that text to Brian Flores on purpose, and here's why. That's that, an interesting... No, no, no. Okay, I'll, Belichick, I'll hear you, I'll hear you. Bill Belichick sent the text to Brian Flores because... It would give hard proof evidence that Brian Flores could use to sue the NFL for racial discrimination. Because then, because remember, Brian Flores coached under Bill Belichick. They're good friends. They are. Like, of course, Bill Belichick likes the guys that coached under him, right? 
And so he gives that ammo because now there's proof. There's like, hey, the Giants already picked their guy before I even went to the interview. And the league even knew about it. Like Bill Belichick knew about it. Like they didn't even consider me. So that's how Brian Flores now has proof that the Giants racially discriminated against her. Or maybe not racially discriminated, but like they only had him as a head coaching candidate just to satisfy the Rooney rule and that's discrimination in itself so like I think that Bill Belichick and by the way this idea was not my own it was proposed to me but like I agree with it now I can totally see it they're friends and he wants to give him ammo for his like the final thing where he can finally come out and sue the NFL you know in the lawsuit and I think that makes a lot of sense because Belichick isn't as much of a public guy so I think this would be a kind of a route for him to do it without kind of being a public guy that's the way for him to do it yeah and I think, I mean, we were going to question, like, what can you do? I think that is a really tough problem. And I think the only thing that can really, hopefully, there's a culture change. I mean, I'm not 100% sure on the way to get there. But I think if we can get to a spot where um, there is, like, I don't know, just looking to kind of maybe, like, success. Because, I mean, maybe going to our Bears, I'm really happy with our coaching hires, with our GM hires. I think a lot of it comes down to um, our GM candidate, Ryan Poles. He's he's awesome. And then from there, once you get um, – maybe from there you can see, like, a culture change. I don't know how to kind of, like, explain it from that sense. But, like, once you get someone – Once you get the domino, like, the first domino falls and then you get the – Because there's always going to be those owners that are going to keep their prejudices. But once it gets to a spot where, like, they're, like – the culture has shifted and they know that, like – there kind of needs to be a change. Maybe that change will happen. I don't know, like, how else there will be that shift without kind of, like, a little push, a little force, where it's just kind of, like, a stance where they're kind of on their feet. It just kind of, like, forcing some of these owners that are making these decisions just make the change. Yeah, it's just the Brian Flores one specifically is hard, though, because he deserves a head coaching job Mm -hmm. just straight up. There are not 32 head coaches that are better than him so it sucks to see him not currently in a head coaching position are there any still open do you know of um, I'm pretty sure they're all full I'm not sure exactly they all filled up this year that's just bad and you see these other guys that are getting a million chances versus Brian Flores like was successful despite all odds was one of the shining bright spots of the Dolphins in general and was literally paid to lose and all of a sudden he doesn't have a job when he's quite literally better than several current head coaches. It just sucks to see it. All right, so NFL awards were the other night and were there really any surprises? Aaron Rodgers, MVP, Joe Burrow, comeback player of the year, Jamar Chase, offensive rookie of the year, Cooper Cup, offensive player of the year, Micah Parsons, defensive rookie of the year, and TJ Watt is defensive player of the year. Were there any ones that I any awards that I missed there? I mean, like Mike Coach Vrabel. I think that, that I think that I think that's the only debatable one is Mike Vrabel. But also, once again, these are all regular season awards. I think. But even then, though, he did lose to the Texans and the Jets, but then also but, was the one like, seed without the one Derrick Henry half the season, I mean, which is really impressive. So, I mean, head coaching one, there wasn't like a clear one that you could say because it's not like you're going to attribute all the Bengals' success to you know Zach Taylor, and you really can't give it to Lafleur after losing in the divisional round. But then the Titans also lost in the divisional round, so. 
coaching one was kind of just like a eh, whatever but I think all the other ones were like completely deserved and I'm not arguing with any of them I actually like and agree with every single one yeah I, I also agree with all of them there are some people I think the other one where there are some people mad was um the Dak possibly for comeback player oh, of the year. You know what? Dak didn't play. I think the one year, thing that should have. I mean, it's not like who should have won, but a lot of people are talking about Nick Bosa should have at least been in contention. I agree. I think he should have gotten maybe at least a few votes. He had a great season. I think maybe 12, 13 plus sacks off of. I don't know how bad an injury, but he was out for the season, so. Oh, well, I guess that Dak's injury was, like, insanely horrific. Like, like I mean, it's just hard was an ACL. He just did not, well, Dak, like, tore yeah. his, and that was his ankle beyond, was the wrong like, everything in Dak's leg just got bent in half. I mean, it was terrible. Versus players come back from ACLs all the time, and especially for quarterbacks, you see him. I mean, if, you know, Brady can come back from an ACL back in 08, Joe Burrow can come back from one in 2021. But... I mean, still, Joe Burrow played incredible this year. Dak Prescott just played meh to anyone who drafted him in fantasy. You definitely know what I'm talking about. (laughs) But that's kind of the one. I mean, if they shared it, I wouldn't have been pissed. But I'm not mad either way about it. Also, Rodgers did deserve MVP. but And you may look at his stats and be like, oh, he didn't really have that many touchdowns or that many yards. Because, like, he would just quickly get up in games and then not have to do anything. And then they would just run the ball. Like, he did everything that he needed to do to win in the games. And it's just hard to put into stats why he deserved it. Well, his four interceptions on the entire year, his QBR, his completion percentage, you know, he did have some stats to back it up. But when people who look just at yards and touchdowns see that he didn't have that many, they definitely question it. But you just got to watch him play and you'll know. I'm glad that Cooper Cup got an MVP vote, though, (laughs) Loki. Um, yeah, I think just everyone forgets. Everyone's got to remember. It just it, it is a regular season award. No matter how much you want to say about this or that, it's all about the regular season. And Aaron Rodgers was the best player in the NFL during the regular season. He deserved the award. I think that's just yeah, it's like Matt Ryan winning it back in 2016. You know, he was the best player in the regular season, but not in the Super Bowl. I mean, to be honest... Like, he should be known as a hero for even making it. It's the Falcons. I mean, it's the you could say Falcons. what you want. It's Atlanta. I, like, I, we can talk about what teams are going in the future. What I don't even know where Atlanta is. Like, they're they're just an okay team. They have no future. It's it's it's, it's tough to be a Falcons fan. It, it's just real tough. I mean, Atlanta has the Braves, but other than that, the Falcons, it's tough. Atlanta sports. That's a whole different story. At least you're not Detroit. The mindset you all got to have. Or Cleveland. I mean. No, I'd rather be Cleveland. I'd rather be. I mean, we don't have to go overboard on the Detroit slander, but just look at the teams. I mean, it's Detroit. I'm sorry. All right. Is there anything else we need to really talk about? I mean, MLB's on lockout, but apparently they're coming close to an agreement. Apparently there's stuff about universal DH, which, I mean, we feel like kind of is a given at this point. Yeah, we just I, hope the MLB comes back soon. One thing um, we don't have to talk that much about is, I mean, the trade deadline, the one major trade being the James Harden for Simmons, Curry, Drummond, and two firsts. Um, other than that, I mean, there's a few other trades in them, but I think that was for sure the biggest trade. I think it's going to completely shake up the East. Um, we can maybe talk about, like, do you think Harden and Embiid can play together? The Sixers are just, it's a weird offense. It's, I mean, I do think that Harden may be a 
better fit with MB than Simmons, oddly enough, because it's another standalone player that can play make and score as well. I mean, obviously Ben Simmons can make plays. He has he just can't he just can't shoot it and actually score it himself. Or be on the court this season. So that's another issue. Mental health is important. But like Harden, when you have that range extender, you create space in the paint for Embiid. So it's gonna help Embiid. So I actually really like it. And also, if Simmons comes back and plays with the Nets, I think that that is great too because you have a guy that not only has incredible perimeter defense and good ball handling skills, but he's going to be able to distribute it to, you know, Seth Curry, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. And you don't have another guy that's going to hog the ball and shoot it. You have a guy that actually might work well and better with the offense. I mean, you know basketball better than me. Tell me if I'm off on yeah. any of this. I think you know? this trade is has a possibility to be as close as to a win-win trade as you may be able to find. I think looking at the Sixers, Simmons was not on the court. And pretty much in this trade, first-round picks at this point, like the Spurs got a first-round pick for Thaddeus Young. So first-round picks aren't a big deal. They only give up two first. I don't think that's a major problem. Um, giving up Ben Simmons, he wasn't on the court anyways. And losing Seth Curry is a decently big loss. He's been great this year. He's possibly shooting a 50-40-90 season. That's barely ever done. Seth Curry's always underrated. Though. He's always underrated, but you're. it's pretty much just trading Seth Curry in a backup center for James Harden. I think what the Sixers are doing. If Simmons comes back, though, I mean, the Nets, can we like but, crown them as NBA champs this year? No, I don't think you can. Like, Let's say it's a home series. Kyrie's not playing. Um, let's say it's oh, in Golden State. Kyrie's not playing. The, let's say the Lakers Kyrie. get their stuff together. Russell Westbrook like, oh begins goodness, to play Kyrie. football again. <laughs> Kyrie's not playing. Did you say football? Basketball. I don't know. Kyrie can't do anything at this point. I mean, maybe he can... <laughs> Kevin Durant once again puts the team on his But back. also, like, KD's Remember, hurt. What was it? 50-point performance against the Bucks in the semis Yeah, just put on the line. Held that was back. one of the greatest playoff performances ever. That was just incredible to watch. Yeah, I think it might take a bit of time for Ben Simmons to get back into this offense. I mean, he hasn't played in a while. Who knows if he's in shape. I think the thing about this trade for the Sixers, I think it's a complete win for them. If if James Harden can figure his stuff out. I think this season he's been on a bit of a down season, but it's also like in a situation where when James Harden doesn't want to be at a place... You can tell that. Like, you can really tell he doesn't want to be there. In the last few games, you can just tell James Harden didn't want to be on the team. And when you looked at the Rockets, the possible fat suit stuff, just when he doesn't want to be on his team, he does not perform. So maybe James Harden comes out to the Sixers. He's a top-ten player in the NBA again. It's totally possible. Maybe what we are seeing this season is just what he is. I mean, you got to hope not. If you're a Sixers fan, even if he is, you still got to upgrade. Oh, yeah, you still got an upgrade either way. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in the East this year. There are so many teams that could come out of there. I mean, there's the Bucks, the Bulls, the Cavs, the Nets, the Heat. Sixers, the Heat. East is going to be pretty interesting. So <laughs> it's going to be funny. It's going to be all that just to see who loses to Golden State in the finals. It's like the whole, like, who's going to win the NFC? Hey, don't sleep on the Suns. Brady? Hey, Suns are 45 yeah, no, and 10. I know. I never, n- never sleep on the Suns again. I'm not Ben Gutowski. Not doing that. Not going <laughs> to. When you lose a bet once, you just got to take it and you don't do it again. It's like him betting against Brady every single time and then continue to do it in the Super Bowl. Wait, said, did, he, did he do it this year? I don't know if he did this year. Oh. Maybe that's why they actually lost. 
he didn't publicly state it that he was going against Brady. That's funny. Oh yeah, Brady retired. Wow, that's another that? one. That's nuts, man. I wish he played just like one more year just to say he played at forty five, but like <laughs> Gronk talking about like, oh, just give him a couple of years, we'll come back. Like a couple of years. Boy, he's gonna be forty seven and come back. Honestly, he that could point. he could be quarterback for the Jets, because you know they'll still need one. <laughs> they always need He'll be better than whoever they have. <laughs> Alright, that's gonna wrap it up for this episode. We haven't posted in a while, but here's something. So have a fun Super Bowl.